Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the breakfast show. Now, think about ice cream as an icebreaker. Well, this is just the tip of the iceberg of who our C-suite guest is today. <laughs> That's right. Ice cream making started out initially as a hobby, but it's turned out to be a way for him to connect with people and create meaningful mm-hmm. memories. In fact, his passion for making ice cream and connecting with people through sharing simple joys is also a testament to his approach to life and work. At the same time, he is a seasoned technology sales leader, having worked with Dell EMC, Veritas Technologies and Simantech, applying his trade in Australia before relocating to Singapore in 2022. So let's welcome our guest to the show, Paul Simos, Vice President and Managing Director for Southeast Asia and Korea at VMware. He is, of course, part of the company that is a leading innovator in enterprise software, serving companies like DBS, Singtel, ComfortDelGro, PSA Singapore and SGX. Good morning, Paul. Morning, guys. How are we? Very good, how are you? Good, thank you. Pretty good. So let's get to know you a bit better, Paul, starting with ice cream. (laughs) How did all that start? Yeah, look, it all started for me in uh, Australia during COVID. Uh, I lived in Melbourne. Uh, We had a pretty significant lockdown in COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, about 287 days, and locked in the house with two young kids, not able to walk to the ice cream store. Dad thought he'd take matters into his own hands and picked up an ice cream machine and it went from there. Sounds pretty easy, just plonk everything into an ice cream machine. Yeah, it's not difficult. Um, You know, I think finding the right recipe and then like anything, trying to tweak that, make it your own. How adventurous do you get with the recipes? (sighs) Depends on the mood, to be honest. I think uh, always boiling sugar and making caramel is one that I always get a bit nervous about. Generally spits at me a little bit, Uh but I like the concept of mixing. So being able to be creative with different bases and different mixings, it's, it's quite fun. All right, Paul, I want to know about the nexus between ice cream and leadership. How has that passion for ice cream influenced your leadership style or approach to connecting with your team members? For me, um, and you mentioned it in the intro, ice cream is about little points of joy. And for me, being able to create those little points of joy through ice cream, but then also recognize how people respond to something that's exciting, something that's new, something that's a little bit fresh, is something that I really enjoy bringing into the workplace and from a leadership perspective. So I take the metaphor of ice cream into how do we as a collective, how do we in the workplace create those little moments of joy with or without ice cream for our teams. Yeah, that's a refreshing approach. So when you think about it in terms of maybe policies or ideas that other folks could take a page out of your playbook, what can they maybe do when they think about managing the team? What sort of policies or how can they work with their team members better to create the more conducive environment? Yeah, look, I mean, from a policy and approach point of view, I really feel like on the joy front. It's about understanding what people want and what is that special Mm. thing for them and being able to be more flexible in how you engage with different members of the team, focus on the individual and their needs, and then how do you wrap that into something that you can scale out from a leadership policy perspective? I think that's certainly on the other side of COVID. For me personally, a big focus area has been trying to customise 
the experience for people in the workplace, mm. but also do it in a way that can scale. I think COVID exposed a lot of people's individuality, right? We lost some pretense about showing up right each day. People had cats crawling over web <laughs> webcams and dogs barking in the background. And I think that imperfection and taking that approach of nothing has to be perfect, but there can be imperfection in the workplace is a really good foundation for reviewing and redeploying policy. Uh, Paul, you talked about spending 287 days in lockdown in mm-hmm. Australia. It must have been a difficult time. That wasn't compounded by the fact that you're dealing with a new challenge of moving to Singapore in 2022. Mm-hmm. You talked about understanding what people want, flexibility within the team. What were some of the other more significant cultural adjustments you had to make at work and how has that impacted your professional life? Obviously, the big cultural adjustment that I've made moving up here is I'm now responsible for multiple countries, Mm. uh, multiple cultures, multiple languages, multiple currencies. So, uh, you know, getting just having that understanding every day that there's difference. But primarily, and the approach for me has been even within difference, there's same. Mm. And I guess my big learning around the culture is people irrespective of where they're from, what language they speak. People want to do good. People want to be good. And I think taking the time as a leader in this environment to really find out what those individual moments of good are that people want to contribute and then harness each of those capabilities is has been a big transformation for me as I've moved out of solely focused on Australia up into the region. Yeah, that looks like, you know, having a more people-focused approach is even more important these days. We are in conversation with Paul Simons. He is the Vice President and Managing Director for Southeast Asia and Korea at VMware. Now, taking, I guess, a step back and looking at the past few years, we've seen, of course, with COVID really ramping up the demand for technology players. And then we had a bit of a dip where things started to fade and then we had some layoffs in tech industry. What was it like for you and how do you manage to keep your team motivated through yeah. those times? Yeah, look, through that cycle, I mean, VMware, we've been quite fortunate um, in what we do. You know, we deliver critical infrastructure to the world's most important organisations. And for us, we've been a little bit sheltered from those shifts. A lot of those shifts you're talking about were in relation to supply chain, their relation to hardware supply. A lot of our customers continue on whatever their transformation journey has been. So from a VMware perspective, we really just made sure we stayed focused with our teams on what was the mission? What were we asking them to show up and do each day and really give them that sense of purpose against a single thing that allowed them to block out some of that noise and really stay focused where we needed them? That was that was a big part of how we got through this last couple of years. All right. You've come a long way <laughs> since that time, Paul. VMware now has been in the news lately with the pending acquisition by Broadcom Mm -hmm. of your company. Mm -hmm. What would the potential impact on your employees, your partners and customers be following the completion of this acquisition? Yeah, look, for us, the acquisition is an exciting next phase. We have, until 18 months ago, we were majority owned by Dell Technologies. Uh, We then went out into the public market as an independent company, Mm. and now Broadcom's uh, acquiring us off the market. I think for us, you know, two weeks ago, we had our big uh, customer partner event here in Singapore, VMware Explore, Mm. and we really focused there on uh, customer centricity, uh, the customer journey, and how this uh, this transaction and through the investment that Broadcom have already made public that they intend on doing and how, how it will enhance the relationships with our customers and our partners to really help them in what is a complex and challenging technology landscape today. 
Yeah, exciting times ahead. And also, talking about the times ahead, we have in the future more potentially AI applications. And that is an, an area that I think a lot of us are struggling to grapple with. What it's going to look like? How is it going to be used? And I think for customers, they have their own concerns as well, like privacy, security. How do you see this space playing out for VMware and also for the wider industry? Yeah, look, we, as I mentioned at Explore, we announced our VMware Private AI Foundation. That's about allowing customers to have the full power of AI on-premise to address some of those security, privacy, data sovereignty and legislative concerns. Common feedback from customers at the moment is they're excited, but they're unsure. Mm. Right, um, it's it's an emerging tech. So, like most emerging techs, especially in generative AI, customers are looking at if I make an investment, how do I get a return on that investment? What business processes can I improve to accelerate not just financial metrics but also customer experience? And so, in our conversations with customers, a lot of them are still at I'd call it phase one of identification. So we don't want to miss the boat as a customer, but also we don't want to jump too quickly. A lot of customers have gone through a cloud journey that some moved quickly and wish they moved slower, some moved slow and wish they moved faster. So I think customers have learnt through those different technology waves on what's the right approach to take advantage of emerging tech. Clearly, generative AI putting data sovereignty, security Mm -hmm. and privacy at the forefront, I think is one learning out of the cloud journey. And as I said, customers are now really focused on how do we find those new use cases to make sure that we take full advantage of the tech. All right, Paul, on top of AI and the advancements we've seen in the space, we also have other changes in the tech and business landscapes. We have virtual reality, we have augmented reality, green technology has been dominating headlines as well, robotics. Mm -hmm. What do you see are the most significant challenges and opportunities on the horizon? How do you plan to address them and capitalize on the emerging trends I just mentioned? Yeah, look, I think with the tech industry, uh, there's always going to be emerging trends and emerging tech. Yeah. what it does for a, from a customer point of view is it creates some complexity and can create some confusion. Mm. I think that over the next sort of two to five years, we're going to start to see a lot of consolidation in the customer. Customers are going to start looking at, okay, we have all this tech at our disposal, but let's not chase the toys. Let's look at how does this landscape, how does this emerging tech, whether it's AI, green you know, sustainability, AI, uh, whatever it is, how do we consolidate what we do to take advantage and also pivot to the customer, Mm. right? I think certainly uh, Singapore, as a new citizen of Singapore, um, it's really amazing to see how local companies have adopted technology to make life seamless. And I think more broadly across the region, that's a big focus for customers now is, yes, tech is available, but let's make sure that we're leveraging the tech to help our customers get those outcomes that they're looking for, which then will help grow the bottom line. So I think some some slowing and consolidation mm. of the approach is what we'll see over the next couple of years. All right, great overview of where the IT sector is going. We've been chairing with Paul Simos. He is the Vice President and Managing Director for Southeast Asia and Korea at VMware. Paul, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm off to get an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks, guys. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.